Amen. Well, this today's sermon, God of Presence, Emmanuel, Amen, the God that is with us. As we come to Christmas, can you believe it's Christmas? It's a bit scary, isn't it? Someone said, my goodness, it's arrived and, you know, it's already here. But we know this, that as believers, that Christmas, the Christmas story began a long time ago. As we reflect today and remember a baby that was born in a manger over 2,000 years ago, God's rescue mission began just after the world began. As believers, it's a great time for us just to, again, refocus our hearts and to set a reminder on our soul that it's not about presence, but it's about presence. Amen. And uh, in the beginning, as we know, that God created the heavens and the earth. And not long after he created them, he saw, we saw as we read in Genesis, that he was pleased. Indeed, he looked across creation and he said it was very good. And then he rested. The world and all of creation was just a glimpse into the awe and the majesty of a powerful creator, God. The plan, the beauty, the colors, the intricacies of all of creation, the birds of the sky, the animals of the land and the creatures of the sea. From utter darkness and nothingness to a life created and planned by God. I want you to remember today God's plan for your life and for mankind. And that was what was good indeed. It was perfect. It was harmonious. It was about creation being in the presence of their creator. And no evil or sin was around. Genesis 1-2 says that the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the spirit was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And from nothing, from nothing, there came, from the utter darkness came light. And with light came life. Adam was given just one instruction, and that was to eat and enjoy all of what God had provided, to enjoy his presence and all of his provision. But there was just one tree that Adam was not to eat of it because God warned him in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. Unfortunately, the message was not passed on and sin found a way to enter God's creation. And because of that one act of disobedience, it separated man from God. Sin had destroyed mankind's relationship with God and sin had separated us from him. So a savior was needed to restore that which was destroyed and a savior would come. The prophet Isaiah declared 700 years prior to Christ's coming a word of God's promise to his people. In Isaiah 9, 6 and 7, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no End, For he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. And the zeal of the Almighty will accomplish it. 
today as we come and reflect and to celebrate the message of this Christmas, my prayer is that we will see with certainty the promise of God in our own lives. Amen. You know, we are on the cusp of a new year, of a new day as we walk into our future. It's not about the presence that Christmas time brings, but it's about the presence of our God promised that he would bring. Amen. Father, as we come and open your word this morning, we thank you that your presence is already here. Lord, I thank you afresh, a glimpse, a word, an inkling, that we would recapture the wonder and the awe of the God Almighty. Jesus, we thank you today for your life. Lord, we thank you today that you were the promised Savior. And Holy Spirit, let your word come, I pray today, into our hearts in Jesus' mighty name. And we said, Amen. Hey, read with me Luke chapters 1, 26 through to 37. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city called Galilee, uh, in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, of the descendant of David, a virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favoured one, for the Lord is with you. But she was perplexed and pondered at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. For the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. For he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and of the Lord will give him the throne of his father David. For he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. For Mary said to the angel, But how can this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age, and she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. Say that with me. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold the bond slave of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. What an amazing day, you know. Um, what an amazing account of a story of Jesus. Amen. Um, I was thinking, you know, I don't know if you watched the carols last night. Did anyone watch the carols on Channel 7? But they had a, a, a Christmas carol quiz. And uh, the, the number one carol was, Oh, Holy Night. There is something magical about that song. And uh, it heralds the Savior of our King, amen, to behold Him, to understand what kind of a night that was. And here's Mary, as we read this account 
of an angel that came and visited her, perplexed and left pondering. <laughs> I love what that says of that kind of salutation, you know. So weird, so amazing, so um, incredible. But here was Mary this day. And I want you to understand something about her posture. Notice that she was listening to what the angel was saying to her. And then it got to the place where it says that she became willing to go that next step further to be a part of this incredible plan. But it was God who was the one who was able to bring this miracle to pass. I want to ask you the question this morning, what is God desiring to do in your heart this Christmas? What is the thing that he wants to speak in to the midst of your being today? For with God, nothing will be impossible. Amen. Mary became willing. She was listening and she is, was prepared to trust him as the God who is able. Seven words that I want you to consider and ponder this morning. Seven words to help steady your heart. Seven words that will help shape our future next year. Seven words that will help seal God's promise to our lives. Nothing will be impossible with God. Amen? Just think about it for one little moment. For nothing will be impossible. You know, we live in this tension called life. We live in this place where we understand our humanness and we understand our frailties. Whether they be trials or challenges or hardships or sufferings, whether they be hurts, disappointments, injustices, where things just go wrong and stuff happens. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter where it is. It doesn't matter what it is that you face. Our hope, my hope, our prayer this year is that we'll understand that with God, nothing is impossible. Amen. And you know what? It, it, it's such a place. And as I said to you this morning, you know, sometimes when we look at the natural, when we understand what's going on, when we see things and we go, God, we just want to see more. God, why doesn't this happen quicker? Lord, what is happening here? Our place and our posture is to come back to the Father heart of God and to be listening and to be willing and to be trusting that with Him nothing shall be impossible. Elizabeth was barren and past her age of childbirth, bearing, yet she birthed a son who was called John, who would come and testify of the coming Messiah. Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, yet she conceived a child as the Holy Spirit worked a miracle within her body. When we read the Bible and we understand Scripture, we look at the narrative of God's word to mankind. Time and time and time and time again. When mankind is faced with the impossibilities, when mankind is faced with the improbabilities, when we look at our own tragedies, when we look at the circumstances of a broken world, of a fallen soul, of a disappointed believer who's hanging on to prayers yet unanswered, we are to remember back to the faithfulness of our God who is able to do all things. Amen. God's plan always brings his provision. 
And God's plans are always are established by God's promises, His Word. God's plans are always saturated with the presence of God's being. And our task is simply to trust and surrender to that plan. That's a big step. Mary was perplexed and pondered what this could mean. Another wonderful carol that we sing is, Mary, did you know? Imagine being that mother. Mary, did you really know that when you kissed the face of your child, you were kissing the face of God? Whoa, goosebumps right there. Mary, did you know? She was young, innocent, excited, expectant, anticipating a new marriage, a new beginning, a dream to come to pass, and an angel appeared <laughs> and stepped in and said, Mary, will you trust me? Don't be afraid. Mary, did you know? Perplexed, bewildered, and she leaned in and postured, and she thought, well, but how can this be? How can this even happen? I don't understand. Well, this is what's going to happen, Mary. And I just need your willingness and your trust. I need your surrender. And she got to this place where God, just in her heart, she pondered this thing. Lord, whatever you say, let it be. Let it be. Let it be. Impossibilities become faith's opportunities. And I want you to think about that. Because all of us face impossibilities in our life. We don't know the outcome, but it puts us to a place of trust and to surrender. In Luke 2.8, it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for I bring to you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, for He is the Messiah of the Lord. Amen. But when the angels left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. How many want to be in on the thing that God's on? <laughs> so they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. This had come to pass. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Lonnie, can I get you guys to come up? Don't be afraid. I bring you good news, for with God, nothing will be impossible. 
You know, sin separated us from God. But it's the Savior that saves us and separates us from sin. Amen. The thing is, is that God is in the process of bringing his presence more and more in our life. Where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. When brokenness is there, God's ability to heal is even more. When there's things that have gone into darkness or calamity or uncertainty, the light of God will shine a light so bright it can only bring life out of death. Amen. Bring form out of formlessness and bring glory unto God. Verse 37, for nothing will be impossible to God. I want to leave you with this one thought today. Everything in God comes from a heart that believes. So believe. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Everything in God comes from a heart that believes.